Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back to the show. It is Christine Jewell, and I am so excited to be here. We are just coming back. I just got back last night from our Visioneering Live retreat in Big Sky, Montana, we talked a lot about legacy, dreaming, the calling on our life. And today I want to dive into that legacy conversation with you. If you have not um, been tuning into the show, we talk a lot about this world beyond just the physical, right? <laughs> the world beyond the physical, the mental, emotional, spiritual side of things, as well as taking aligned action, but not to be ruled by just what we see in the physical and not just to be worshiping and chasing all of the things of the world. So as I'm, as I'm coming back and, you know, it was so wonderful for me to be here this time in Montana, especially because my daughter was with me. My 20 year old daughter got to attend. She got to be our resident photographer and social media person. And so it was really, really cool for me to witness her be there, be part of the legacy of the work, the body of work that we're doing, you know, filling these hearts and minds, shifting perspective, taking people out of their comfort zone, cracking hearts open, you know, really dreaming together, asking some deeper questions, getting raw and real. And it was just such a beautiful thing to witness her in the space, being able to talk to people that are decades older than her and to learn, right? To be open, to be receptive, to be learning, to hear the wisdom, and also quite honestly, to be raw and real. And for me, that was such an evidence of the legacy that I'm able to pass on to my kids beyond just the physical things. Uh, and it just makes me think of, wow, you know, if, if we can pass the baton on to our children earlier, the earned wisdom, the life experience, the heart, how much more will they be able to see, accomplish, receive blessings of in their life? I mean, it's so awesome to witness. So I want to invite you today to really consider this term of legacy, it gets thrown around a lot. So today I'm going to talk about some of the traditional, you know, legacy things that we hear about, but I want to really dive into seven, maybe eight areas. <clears throat> I don't know. I've got them written down here that are not physical, uh, areas of legacy that we really have got to open our eyes, open our hearts and start paying attention. So I want to start by really defining what is legacy, right? A legacy is a gift usually of money or personal properties that is left in a will, right? That's the traditional definition. Beyond the legal and financial context, however, the term is often used to more broadly refer to the lasting impact, the influence, the contribution, the imprint that a person makes during their lifetime, which will continue to have a significance and value long after they're gone. Legacy can encompass all kinds of things from accomplishments to physical things to values and beliefs. And we're going to unpack some of those today. 
And it is essential, you guys, that we begin to recognize and open our eyes to the fact that no matter who you are, no matter where you are, you are leaving a legacy today. You are leaving a signature on the people that you've come into contact with. You are leaving an imprint on your family, on your children, on your communities, on everyone that you've worked with. So I just want to debunk this idea right out the gate that I haven't done enough. I'm not important enough. I don't have enough influence. I don't have enough uh, following. I'm nobody important. <clears throat> you know, every single person that I've ever met, regardless of how successful they are, uh, is always has a heart to really like feel like they could do so much more. And it's really, I think it's so important for us to step back to recognize, wow, how far we've come, just how much we've already impacted and affected the people closest to us and to reflect, like, am I happy with what I'm leaving behind? Am I, am I satisfied? Is it time to wake up, to shift the game and start to pass on a new baton? So we did this exercise. I do a lot of guided visualizations and exercise and embodiment work at my events and on my coaching because I think it's so important to create new experiences. I'll say this later, but we repeat what we experience. Visualization is such a powerful tool. Um, and there's all kinds of, you know, exercises that you can do with that. God has given us this beautiful imagination. We're always re, re, uh, remembering experiences from our past. We're retelling stories. And every time we retell that stories, we're either reliving the experience, recreating that in our nervous system, reaffirming it, reconfirming it, re making that agreement over and over again. So we need to be careful of how we look backwards over the timeline of our life what the things are that we are latching on to, identifying with, and passing on day by day. So we did this exercise. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is a little bit shot because <laughs> there was a lot of sharing and we were outside in the freezing cold. I was doing a lot of vocalization. So we did this exercise. We did this timeline exercise. And I love, love time, time, uh, timeline exercise. They're so cool to be able to go forward and backwards on our timeline and be able to kind of rewrite stories from the past. But one of the exercises I did was I took us back, back over the timeline to our formative years, really to witness our parents and our, our grandparents and the ancestors before us to be able to go, okay, what, you know, A, was I given permission as a child to dream? What was it like when I was a child? Some of us have disconnected from that childlike wonder and state. That's not what this podcast is about. We'll do another one. But we did this as part of our exercise to dream again. And also to recognize, you know, what were the batons that were passed on to us from our parents, our grandparents, our ancestors? You know, what did we receive from them that then became the norm in our life? We just adopted it. We enact it day in and day out. It just became the program. And now here we are and we travel down the timeline past the current state, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years into the future and looking long after we're gone, imagine, visualize that your children and your grandchildren and your grandchildren, great grandchildren are sitting around the table and they're talking about you. And they're talking about the impression, the lasting impact, the ripple effect, effect that you made on their lives. You know, what are the stories that they're sharing? What are the things as you tune into that? Like, what is that that's getting passed on? And I want to go into, you know, maybe I've got seven or eight. We'll see how it goes. Specific areas for you to start thinking about beyond just the physical, because it is your children. It is your children's children. It is the generations after them. It's every single person that ever worked for you, that you worked with, that you partnered with in business, the communities you were into. You never know that one word you speak into someone that really changes their lives. I can think of several times in my own life where someone just spoke 
just the thing I needed to hear. And it was a legacy imprint. They left something in me. A seed was planted that later germinated. And it really opened up like a huge amount of the work that I do right now and the work that I'm doing in people. Little did they know that by speaking those words into me at that moment in time, being who they were, sharing what they shared, it would have such a ripple effect. So even doing these exercises is so limiting for us sometimes. It's so we, we can only see such a limited amount of the influence that we really have for lifetimes to come. I cannot stress that enough. You know, so we have, let's go into this. We have these tangible legacies, right? We hear about this all the time. We have financial assets, right? We, we are taught to, you know, leave an inheritance, leave an inheritance. A wise man will leave an inheritance to his children and his children's children. And it is true. Inheritance. What does that mean to you to leave the riches, right? To your children. While there is physical, there is the tangible, and then there is the non-tangible, right? There's the treasures of this world, and then there's the treasures of the eternal, which is funny because so many of us are chasing things of this world in order to get to the things beyond the physical, the love, the connection, the peace, the joy, just the sense of self-worth, right? We, we're, we're chasing so much on the surface. So I want you to think right now beyond the physical assets, right? Of your savings and your investments and your real estate and your family businesses. That's awesome. Those provide a foundation for the economic, economic well-being of future generations, provided that they have the right other programs, the heart, the spirit, all the other stuff that we're going to talk about. We pass on possessions, you know, family heirlooms. I'm wearing my mom's wedding ring right now from when she was uh, married to my father and it's this beautiful ring and it's got a gorgeous diamond in it and it's made out of gold and it is very precious to me and it has a story and it's got a legacy of its own and, and it's still an earthly thing. You know, I will be passing this on to my children. It's an heirloom. It's beautiful. I appreciate it. What else, right? There's educational endowments. We talked about real estate, property, land, business ventures, businesses. And I want to just suggest, you know, those are all great things. There's philanthropic con contributions. I'm just jotting down. If you can see me, I'm looking down at some notes. Philanthropic contributions, you know, creating family foundations or nonprofits, charitable causes. Like these are also tangible ways for us to leave a lasting impact. And I think at the end of the day, those of us who are building businesses or wealth or whatever, it's for us, you know, to enjoy. Yes. But us to multiply, to have our family and our children and our children's children enjoy it. And ultimately we get to a point where we want to really start giving beyond just ourselves, right? You have that heart for philanthropy and those are all beautiful things. Those are still things of the world though. You know, there's a, there's a saying that, you know, the first generation builds the wealth, <laughs> the second generation maybe sustains it, stabilize it. The third one depletes it all, right? There's an old saying, I don't know if you guys have heard that, or the first generation works to build a business. The second one starts to like stabilize it. And then the third one just, just, dismantles the whole thing. These things, businesses are awesome, but they come and they go real estate land. My mom, my mom's family, you know, they had, they're from Italy. They had some lots of land. And, and when the grandparents passed away, the land was there to be passed on to the family, but you know, the taxes didn't get paid or whatever. And, and over the years, the land was sold and dispersed and, and now it's no longer here. The land is no longer here. You know, it's such a shame. Sometimes I think back and I'm like, Oh, it would be so awesome to have that land, you know, in Italy right now or the whatever. The thing is like, all of these things are beautiful and I want to buy land to pass on to my kids and I want to give to charities and I want to do all these things. And yet there's so much more 
that we are passing on. And as we talked last week, you know, the group that came together, there was about 10 of us that came together. A lot of us have made, you know, decent amounts of money. We're very blessed. We're abundantly blessed in many ways, especially this, many of the clients I work with, very financially abundantly blessed. But we start asking the question, how's my marriage doing? How are my children doing? What am I really leaving behind? What is the legacy beyond the physical, beyond the tangible, right? And again, I want to be clear that it's not that one is good and the other one is bad. It's just to make sure that we're getting to the core, to the heart of the things that truly satiate, that truly fulfill, that truly matter in the long run for the things that we really are designed to experience, which ultimately is love and peace and intimacy and, you know, joy and like community and, and these things, right? So I want to unpack some, some different areas here. Number one, identity. I'm just going to start right out the gate. When we are passing on to our children, think about what do you believe about yourself? Who do you say you are? Who do you, what do your children believe that they are? Who are they? Where are they from? You know, what is their core identity? It is incredible how many of us adults are walking around unsure of who we are, ungrounded in our identity. You know, our identity is our job. Our identity is our stuff. Our identity is other people's opinions of us. We've done episodes on identity. You guys can look through and watch those, you know, but if our identity is flaky and superficial and shallow, what are we passing on to our children? As long as you're in a relationship, you're good. You'll be loved. As long as you're performing, you're going to be worthy. As long as, you know, you've got an a special role or three letters after your name, or you've got this degree, then you're worthy. Like what is the identity that we are passing on? What is their core belief about who they are? You know, do they know that I am a child of God? Like I am abundantly loved. I am uniquely created. I am uniquely gifted. I have talents and gifts put in me on purpose for a purpose. Like, do they know how precious and cherished they are? in the eyes of their creator, how worthy they are, not, not because, oh, they deserve it, but because just innately that's, we are a reflection of God. Like, or are we just questioning ourselves, doubting our, ourselves, our worth, our identity? And I'm just going to say, it's, I just got to say this because you can't be one thing and then preach another and think that the people are just going to receive what you're preaching at them or telling them. They're observing us, right? Our children, our staff, our employees, our communities. If you guys are leading and you're out there, it doesn't, it matters what comes out of your mouth, but it matters more who you are, right? Like they're, it's incredible. I, I work with leaders sometimes where, you know, they'll be telling their staff to do one thing. We do this too. I do this too. I'll raise my hand. You know, you should really rest right now. You're exhausted. It's okay to care for your body, whatever. I'm someone who honors my body. And yet we are totally doing the opposite thing. We refuse, right? We don't have that sense of identity. We, we, we can't let go. We can't release control. So number one is what is the identity rooted in that we are passing on? I think about this as a baton is I pass the baton to my daughters, my son. What do they believe? Who do they believe that they are? I want them to know that they know that when everything else is gone, they, they still have a firm foundation and identity. Number two, and again, these are in no particular order. We pass on generationally, we pass on a legacy of mental operating systems, a way of thinking, belief structures. Okay. So think about that. What beliefs what mental operating systems 
what ways of thinking are you passing on to your children, right? We have some beautiful ones that we have some abundance thinking, we have some possibility thinking, we have some creative thinking thinkers that are being passed on, you know, like creative solutions, like there's always a way, everything we need is always part of it. You know, I say this to my kids, there's operating system and then there's some that are like, oh, the world is against us. Everybody's out to screw you over. Don't trust anyone. Always watch your back. Like think about what are the things, the thoughts, the beliefs. Well, this is just how it is. You know, you don't like, I hear that so often, right? And that's why I say it so often because I hear it so often. It's emotions. We don't feel emotions in this house. We don't talk about difficult things. We don't create conflict. Just move on. We just came out of this weekend event and these are the, some of the things that were really coming up, right? Where people realize I have this, this program running, this mental program where it, it was never okay to actually feel anything, let alone talk about anything, let alone create any conflict, you know? So we become really passive and we have these distorted programs around what it means to care for people or what it means to have healthy dialogue, right? We perceive it as conflict. What are the mental operating systems that we're passing on. I pray that our mind be more like Christ, that my mind be renewed every single day. So this is, yeah, we've got to renew our mindset. We've got to think about what are we putting in? I want to take the baton of the good thinking, the good ways of thinking, right? Think and grow rich, like think and grow, think in the right way, channel my thoughts. Even the thought that I can choose my thoughts is an operating system right? Versus this is just a how, how I am. Like how often do we hear that? I want to take the ones that were like, yes, I'm going to pass that baton on. I'm going to instill it in my children, teach your children the way they should go. Right. And then I'm going to pass on the ones that are not, I'm going to interrupt the program, right? It's like, I'm, why would I want to pass that on? Then my children and my grandchildren are going to have to clean that up. And of course, we're still going to be doing this, but I really believe this is the work of us. Every generation that comes through has the opportunity to heal, to clean up, to, to reconcile and to elevate the level of consciousness that we're beginning to run from. So number one, identity, number two, mental operating system. So this is literally, I want you to think about this, the program that's running in our head, right? Number three, two, and this, a lot of these overlap, but I'm separating them just to have you think about what are the thoughts that you're entertaining a lot? Think, watch your kids, watch your team, watch, you know, your family members, your friends, like the people you hang out with, like what are they meditating on, right? What you think comes out of your mouth. So it's pretty easy to tell. Number three is what model, what model of life am I passing on? And what I mean by this is think about the marriage model. We talked about this a little bit at our live event. When, you know, sometimes I'll work with couples and one of the, one of the areas that people butt a lot is the area of intimacy or touch or affection. We have one person with a model of affection where they observe, right? They observe maybe a parents that were very affectionate, holding hands, hugging. There was a lot of positive affirmation, speaking up of one another. Another one comes from a model that's a colder household, more like a partnership. They live together. Never really saw mom and dad hug each other. Never heard the words, I love you. There wasn't a lot of physical touch. So it becomes a model. And so models, we leave a legacy. We leave a model, right? I think we have a little like car collection thing over there and think about the models, right? What are the models that we're passing on for marriage, for healthy relationship, the model for finances. How about that one? What financial model 
am I passing on? And again, it's, 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 they're observing, right? Our children are observing. Our grandchildren are observing. Our team members are observing. How do I steward? How do I manage? How do I interact? We are always passing something on. Are we passing on traumatic, toxic relational models where it's okay to scream at each other, yell at each other, be disconnected. And I'm going to be talking about wounding in a minute, but there's so many models to look at. We have the, and you know, we talk about the model for relationship, talk about the model for finances, talk about the model for health, right? Are you, are we modeling, respecting the vessel? Am I someone who respects the vessel? Am I modeling the importance of health and autonomy, like being able to have freedom, mental health, emotional health, like physical freedom in my body to do the things? Or are we modeling that, you know, the body is the last, we just, we just don't take care of it. We ignore it, whatever, until we're forced to, right? And we're always, we've received models and we're passing models on. So when you think about legacy, I want to challenge you right now. What is the identity I'm passing on? Each one of these is a baton. I want you to imagine each one of these is a baton. And every time you walk in your office and every time we have a conversation and every time we're interacting with someone at the grocery store or the coffee shop or wherever, we're passing things on to each other. That's what we do. We're always receiving and giving and we're trading all the time. We're influencing or being influenced all the time. So what are the models of health? What are the models of even like permission to dream, to have a vision beyond just like going through the motions day in and day out? Again, we had someone there. We had a couple people actually that realized they were really having a hard time when it came to some of the dreaming exercises and the childlike wonder and tapping into that inner child state of childlike wonder and awe. Why? Because the they never had a model where it was okay to pray, play. From the beginning, it was like, look, when, as soon as you're old enough to push a real wheelbarrow, I think somebody said the minute you're old enough to push a wheelbarrow, like you're out there pushing you know, the wheelbarrow and you're working. And someone else said, if we had gifts, we would find them in a haystack or at work and then the gift would be hidden there. So the model was even when I was five or six, like you better be working if you want to receive something. And so a couple of people were really stretched trying to access this part of themselves because there was no model for it ever. So sometimes we literally don't have access to that model in our in our own lifetime. So we have to see it from other places. We can visualize, you know, and I do believe that there's the heavenly model is always available to us right here in the word of God. Like there's so many beautiful, this, this is literally what this is. I interviewed Stacy Wallace last week on my podcast. You guys, she's a firehouse of a woman and I love what she said. She doesn't call this the Bible as basic instructions before leaving earth, but it's really a playbook for how to do heaven on earth. Like the playbook for how to live according to heavenly, uh, governance basically on earth. And as the more I get in this book, the more I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like the ultimate playbook for business, for relationships, for everything. It's not just a bunch of cute little Sunday school stories or outdated texts. If you're reading it in a flat line superficially, that's what you're going to receive. But I'm always, and I mean, it doesn't matter what book I read. I'm looking for depth. Like how does this apply to me? What is the lesson here, right? It is a playbook. So what models of life are we passing on? Let's talk about this. What equipping are we passing on? What skills? Train them up in the way they should go. Start children off the way they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. You know, when we think about equipping 
empowering our children. <clears throat> the idea there is that I pass on the power to them. I'm not trying to control them. We have a lot of adults that are still being controlled by their adult, their older parents. And it's like, are we empowering our children? Are we going into partnership with them or are we still trying to referee them? Are we partnering with our employees or are we still treating them like little kids who can't think, speak, do anything for themselves? Like this is such a huge one. And I know it's a point of conversation, even in my own life, my children and some of the experiences they've had where they have felt maybe really controlled and micromanaged and like, I can never be myself. I can never think for myself. I can never be autonomous, right? Autonomy is a huge human desire that we are seen and allowed to be who we are and that we are able to be equipped to go out into the world, to go out and pursue the calling, the vision that God has for us. So am I someone that is equipping and providing not only skills, but really like, what is that? Soft skills, hard skills. Like, am I preparing my children for an amazing marriage through teaching them healthy communication, you know, curiosity instead of judgment? Like, or are we just kind of, again, mindlessly repeating what we know, basically like codependent relationships, wanting to control everything, needing to have everybody right under our thumb because we want to feel wanted. We want to feel validated. We need to feel needed, right? And we've got all this own stuff and it's me, 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 instead of let me empower and build others up. Build each other up. Build each other up. That is our mandate, right? So... <clears throat> As I think about this, especially as we work with parents and children, and then we talk about teams, it's, there's so many parallels to parenting and building teams, right? Or, or be, being in partnership. It's really like, are we releasing the reins? Are we preparing? I really want you to challenge that. And I think about as I imagine my children sitting around the table and how they choose to parent in the future, obviously they're going to parent how they want, but I really do hope that one of the things that they that I hear from above, you know, if I'm the fly on the wall is that, you know, she really prepared us. She was someone who believed in us. She helped us believe in ourselves. She spoke truth into us and she, she really prepared us for not only the physical world, but also the spiritual world. Am I equipping my children to do physical and spiritual, um, work? I, I believe we're in an era where like, you've got to know spiritual warfare. Like there's way too much going on. That's beyond the physical, there is a full-on spiritual wars going on. And so are we equipped to deal with things in the supernatural as well as the physical? Number six, super simple one, but I think this one is so powerful and I know it's so near and dear to us. What traditions, what, what cultural heritages, traditions, family rituals that are contributing to a rich legacy? I want you to think about that. Like we're from Italy, right? And now we've been in the States for many, many years. But we love those Italian traditions at Christmas Eve and at Easter and just there's certain things that are just cultural from our heritage, whether it's holidays or certain customs or certain cultural practices. But helping pass on these elements really helps us connect with our roots, appreciate diversity, right? We are not all supposed to be the same. We are not all supposed to think the same, look the same, act the same, have the same pronouns. We are created different. We are created uniquely. That's what makes us human. That was, that's what makes us interesting. That's what, that's what attracts us to one another. So I just love that in whatever those traditions are. And also, again, you know, the things that really matter to our hearts that have, that have built success for us 
and one that we've really been leaning into lately, I've been leaning into, I've been talking a lot, is even the the element of the Sabbath, not just as a Sunday to rest, but the idea and concept of a slower way of living that is deeper, richer, more meaningful, right? Instead of rushing all the time, the Sabbath is a way of life that you work and then you rest. And that, you know, the, the rest was created for man, like so that we would be replenished, so that we would be restored. So having maybe traditions or ingraining that in our system versus again, passing on the legacy that no, like if you sit, you're lazy, you got to be burning 24 seven. Burnout is now considered a disease. Um, I think the World Health Organization labeled it as, as a disease, mental burnout, like hello, right? So many of these things that we get away from because we adopt these sort of super uh, superficial worldly ideas and programs and we're not being intentional about what are we adopting? What are we, you know, embedding in our family right now? What is gets to be the legacy that we're passing on to our children? So I want to just do a couple more here. I want to talk about the heart. When you think about the legacy, you know, are you passing on a bitter, angry, closed heart or, you know, wounded people hurt people. That's just the way it is. Wounded people hurt people. Angry people spew anger. You know, we have got to do our work healing our internal game, our hearts. You know, when we are sitting here and we have bitterness and we have anger and we have resentment towards the past or what isn't happening right now, it oozes out of us. And if it's not resolved in us, our children will be passing that on. You cannot hide that. That is not something you hide. You don't hide the heart. The heart you know, it's like energetic. You can see it, you can feel it. So I just want to really challenge you. Are we passing on the ability to love, the ability to forgive? Are we passing on a heart that is open, a heart that is willing, a heart that is forgiving? Are we passing on a heart that is generous? Or are we passing on hearts that are closed and bitter and mistrusting? And I think about that for so many years was part of that legacy that I you know, began to receive was that heart that felt abandoned, that was felt left, that was unloved, that was bitter and angry. And and it could have easily just kept recycling that generational pattern, that generational wounding. But I made the decision to break it, to say, no, it ends with me. I refuse to pass that on. I'm going to do this healing. I'm going to do my internal game right now with my heart. I got to get things right so that A, I can have a new heart so that my children can, I want them to experience and pass on a heart that is forgiving. I want them to experience that heart that can really love without being afraid, right? Because without being afraid of love, that's the thing. People are actually afraid, right? Of getting close, of, of being intimate, of being loved, because if you love or somebody loves you, then they might leave you, right? So just really noticing there's, there's much work to do in the work of legacy, I want to finish here with this thought that when we pass on, we're also passing on spirit. We're passing on spirits. We're passing on blessings and curses all the time. Generationally, generational curses are a thing. Generational blessing is also a thing. We speak agreements all the time into the air over our children. Covenants are made. Covenants are agreements. They're contracts, spiritual contracts. You know, our ancestors made them, our, the parent, our parents before us made them. We pro we've made 
them in our lifetime, whether we were aware of it or not. So we've got to become aware of what are the spiritual contracts, the spiritual agreements, soul ties that if that must be broken, right? That the things that need to be reclaimed in the spiritual so that we can pass on a spirit of love, a spirit of joy, a spirit of forgiveness instead of a spirit of death and a spirit of addiction and a spirit of lust where, you know, there's just affair after affair and betrayal after betrayal or a spirit. I talked about the spirit of addiction, like they run in the family, right? These things, it's not just a genetic thing. Everything has spiritual roots. We are spiritual first. We are spiritual first beings. The supernatural, which is beyond the natural, the realm beyond the physical is way more vast than anything we can imagine. The physical is just, we can see it and touch it with our eyes because we have this like physical body going on. But we are first spiritual. That means everything begins in the spiritual first. So there's spiritual roots to all physical things, spiritual, mental, and emotional roots. This is why I often talk about what's happening mentally. What's, what's the mental program? What's happening in the heart, in the emotional realm, right? Like the heart What's happening at the spiritual realm? Because the spirit is the driver of the heart, the driver of the programs. It's the voices that are speaking into us all the time. So if our heart's not right, we got to think about, okay, what's ruling my heart? Is it a spirit of fear? Is it a spirit of, of anger? Or is it a spirit of love, a spirit of faith, right? Is it a spirit of courage over fear? Word says, I've not given you a spirit of fear or intimidation, but a spirit of sound mind and a spirit of courage. So we have to think about, what are we entertaining all the time? What are we, what spirit are we entertaining? What are we inviting in? What are we invoking by speaking into the atmosphere? I was at a conference not long ago and someone was like, oh yeah, everyone in my family always dies by the age of X. When we do that, we speak that agreement again into the air. This is more than just conscious language. It's recognizing that you are creating agreements, blessings, and curses every time you open your mouth. And it is wild again. I mean, I say that a lot because it is wild when your eyes and ears get open to this and you realize just how um, ignorant we are with our words, how mindless we are with what comes out of our mouth and the things we speak into the atmosphere about ourselves, about our husband, about our wife. Or, oh, he always is this. They always do that. They'll never amount to this. Nobody ever does this for our family. Like we have to be careful because those are more than just mental programs. They're also spiritual agreements. So as you go through and you start thinking about family legacy, legacy, the lasting impact, the influence, the signature, the tidal wave that is going to carry on long after you're here, it's already here and it continues on. You may have been really focused on the physical, the tangible assets, real estate, land, stocks, right? Physical things, cars, houses, jewelry, all that stuff. But really beyond that, do not store yourself up treasures on earth. What are the real things that are getting passed on in their minds, in their hearts, in their spirit, in the ways that they will be operating in relationships and with their bodies? Because these are the things that matter. All that other stuff will come and go based on how they show up in their identity. So I just cannot, you know, really nail this enough how important it is that we begin to really open our eyes and make a conscious decision to, to really begin to leave a new legacy today. So I'm going to do a quick recap of those things that I said. Number one, legacy identity. Number two, 
the mental operating systems, right? The beliefs, the thinking. Number three, the model. It's kind of like the blueprint. What is the blueprint I'm giving them about finances? What is the blueprint I'm giving them about health? What's the blueprint I'm giving them about marriage? What's the blueprint, right? We're giving a whole bunch of blueprints. Imagine I'm giving you operating systems. I'm giving you blueprints. I'm giving you an identity, right? Like the suit you get to put on, the superpower suit that allows you to execute those things. I'm giving you the equipping, the empowerment. So we're handing you the power, the ability, the skills to, to execute on that. We're giving you, we're passing on the traditions and the, the rituals and the, the cultural heritage, right? The history so that there's connection, so that there's bonding, the stories, stories, like, are you sharing stories with your children? That is a great way to do that. My, sorry, I interrupted the program, but I know my children are always like, they want to hear more stories from my mom, right? Like what it was like when she was young. Stories are so powerful. Are you sharing your stories with people, with your children, with your children's children? I mean, stories shift so much, right? They speak to our hearts like nothing else. The heart, what is happening in your heart? What kind of heart are you passing on? Are you passing on wounds or are you passing on healing? Are you passing on wounding, generational wounding? that someone else is going to have to relive the wounds over and over again until they decide to break the story. Are you going to be the one that heals, restores, and passes on the healed version, the healing? And finally, spiritual blessings, spiritual curses. What are you passing on in the spiritual? You guys, this is such a power-packed episode. If you really get this, I hope it shifts your way of thinking. I hope it shifts the way that you're looking at things and maybe even measuring yourself in terms of, oh, I'm not doing enough, you know, start with the heart, start with the spirit, start with the eternal things and everything else will be added unto you. We can do strategies to get all the other physical things, but we want to make sure we're passing on the baton that has the scroll with all the right things written on it. All right, you guys, I want to thank you so much for being here. And I want to remind you that next week, December 13th, I'll be hosting a online visioneering workshop, which is this virtual version of what we just did in Montana over two days pared down, but we're going to be talking about vision. We're going to be talking about calling. We're going to be tapping into your God-given gifts and what it looks like it means to put things in the right order so that God can do more in us and through us. So I'm excited to have you guys there. And as always, um, if you want to learn more about coaching and mentorship, we're opening spots up for the 2024 roundtable. That's our mastermind and uh, group and private coaching uh, program. So if you guys are interested in learning more, you can click on the link there. It is a 12-month journey from head to heart to really awaken, ignite your faith, and really step into a new way of doing life and business. You guys can click on the link below, learn more about the roundtable. Until next time, here's to loving fiercely, leading courageously. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable, heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors. Here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.